Good morning, everyone. You know, I'm so happy that you're here, and um, I'm just so blessed to worship with all of you. I hope that you really enjoyed our worship this morning. I'm so thankful for our worship team, and it just does my... Yeah, come on, give the Lord praise. It's just a blessing to worship with fellow believers, with a church family, and it does my soul good, and I hope it does your soul good. Um, Last week, we started this new series called Burning Questions, and we tried to take eight or nine difficult questions that come up in everyday conversation, and then we're slowly going to go through them. So last week, if you missed the message, was, can I really trust the Bible as the divine, inspired, God-breathed words of God? So if you missed that, it's on Facebook and on our website, and if you hate Facebook, kind of like me, and you like hear those words, and you're like, oh, gross, you can go onto our website and you can click our podcast, and it's all just right there. So you don't have to go through Facebook. It's just there for your convenience. And then the PowerPoint is also there to follow along. And then each and every week, we're also going to put the PowerPoint out. So if you love all of the verses this week and you really want to follow along, they're not all listed on the back of your bulletin because I did not have enough room. I've got a lot of scripture to go through this morning, so I'll read quick, but... It's all there to encourage you in this question, what must I do to be saved? And, you know, it's a simple answer, but there's a lot of confusion that has entered the space. So we're going to try to tackle this question this morning, but the whole, whole point of this is to give you confidence. So I don't want you to, to question, I don't want you to wonder about your authenticness or your heart change. I just want you to give it all to the Lord and, and trust Him with your whole heart. So that being said, let me start with a word of prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for every single person that you brought to this space, Lord. I pray that you wrap them with your protection and your wisdom, that you open up their ears, Lord. I pray that you get me out of the way and that you speak through me this morning and that you encourage us and help us to understand this amazing gift and the confidence we can have in it, God. It's in your holy and most precious name we pray. Amen. You know, the first verse that I got to bring up this morning is probably the most quoted verse in all of scripture. So it's John 3.16, and I just kind of gave us some context there. So starting off at verse 15, it says, everyone who believes in him being Jesus will have eternal life. I'm just going to start right there. What does it take to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. I got no other answer for you. Maybe I could just stop my message right here. But like I said, there's confusion and some extra that's been added. So let me continue. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into this world not to judge the world but to save the world. And if you believe in him, there is no judgment against you. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. So I believe in the Lord and I receive eternal life. 
But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. So I got to do, I got to believe in God's one and only son. But sometimes there's some added extras. And this is in no particular order. So all the questions that are coming up today, I had no rhyme or reason of the order of questions. This just happens to be where we're starting. Does being baptized save me? No. So if you were baptized and all of your faith that you're going to heaven is in the fact that you were baptized and not in the fact of this free gift from God that you received, then your faith is in the wrong place. Because that action of baptism does not save you. Now I've got a verse for this, but kind of partnered with this and this verse is another topic. Can my family's faith or their prayers, or their actions save me. You know, if I was baptized as a baby, or if my parents are believers, does that mean that I get eternal life? No. You have to believe. Not anyone else. It is you. Your family's faith, their prayers, their actions can't save you. You have to believe in the Lord. We're going to take a look at Acts, Acts chapter 16, starting off at verse 25. Paul and Silas are in prison, and there's this earthquake, and the jailer is ready to take his own life because he knows that if these prisoners escape, he will be killed. And it would be better to take his own life than to be punished and murdered because the prisoners escaped. That's kind of the context. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and all the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation, and all the doors immediately flew open. That all makes sense, right? There's an earthquake. Everything's messed up. Doors open up. What doesn't make sense? And the chains of every prisoner fell off. That's not normal earthquake behavior. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. I don't think Paul could see him. It's dark. There was just an earthquake. He's ready to kill himself. But Paul shouted out to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. Why do I think Paul couldn't see him? Because the jailer then called for lights. This is a divine moment, okay? God dropped those chains. God called out to Paul and let him know about the jailer. The jailer calls for lights. He runs to the dungeon, and he falls down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then kind of the question, this is where we get today's question. He brought them out, and he asked Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It's a great question. It's today's question. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's it. 
Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Okay, well, what about that question earlier of my family's faith? Because you get a little misled in this verse if you don't continue reading. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Now, does that mean I believe and my whole household believes? Or does that mean every single person in my household needs to believe in the Lord and then they will be saved? Let's keep reading to answer that question. They shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Okay, does being baptized save you? No. When you believe in the Lord, should you immediately be baptized? Yes. That's what we see in Scripture. What, what are you waiting for? If you've got Jesus in your heart and you recognize him as Lord, you should be baptized. And it doesn't matter if you did that 20 years and now it's awkward and you're like, well, I should have been baptized 20 years ago. No, well, stop making up excuses. Follow the commands of the Lord and go and be baptized. Does getting baptized save you? No. Believing in the work of Christ on the cross is what saves you. So he believes, they all believe, and they were immediately baptized. I love that word, immediately. And then we kind of continue reading because we're thinking about his whole household. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and his entire household rejoiced. Why did they rejoice? Because they all believed in God. Not because their parents believed in God, not because the grandparents believed in God. They all believed in God. So they believed in God and then they were immediately baptized. Okay, well, they all got to hear it. So what about all those people who have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel, to hear this good news of Christ? Are are they going to be saved? Is, Is somehow not hearing the good work of Christ better and easier so that you can get to heaven without all the addedness of trusting and giving yourself to Christ? No. They are without excuse, just like you were without excuse. So we see this in Romans, Romans chapter 1, starting off at verse 18. But God showed his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky and through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. 
You know, there's this interesting story of an uncontacted tribe who had an encounter with a vision of a Christ-like figure. And they all believed and they all turned to the Lord and began worshiping the one true God. And hundreds of years later, a missionary shows up trying to tell them about Jesus. And they say, we already know him. People are without excuse. We see it again in Romans chapter 3, starting off at verse 22. We are made right with God. How? By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. doesn't matter who you are. How am I made right with God? By believing in Jesus Christ. For everyone has sinned. You Me, for sure, everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. But God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. How am I made right? I'm sure it's just going to keep hitting you all morning long. Believe in the work of Jesus and declare him Lord. Got a couple more verses just encouraging us in this truth. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is there any other means to get to the Father? No. It's just believing in our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's no other name. There's nothing else. It is just Jesus. Okay, well... You know, I've heard some places and I've seen some things that I have to speak in tongues or I have to display a spiritual gift and then that means I'm saved. Guys, this message is heavy on my heart because these untruths are out there in our world making people wrestle with them. This is an untruth. No. You do not have to speak in tongues or display some spiritual gift to be saved. Now, once you're saved, man, go get baptized. And after you're baptized, ask God for a spiritual gift. And after you have your spiritual gift, get to work doing good works for the Lord. Now, did any of that save me? No. But should I follow Jesus as my Lord and put his gift to good work? Absolutely. But did it save me? No. So let's take a look at the verse that they kind of pull this out of. 
Because this is their defense verse for this. Acts chapter 10. God ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one the prophets testified about, saying, everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Okay, everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. As Peter was saying these things, as he was preaching that truth to the people, the Holy Spirit came on them. How did that happen? Because they believed. So they believed the Holy Spirit fell on them and they were listening and their hearts were pricked and pulled. And the Jewish believers who were there with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out onto the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So they're witnessing this and they're seeing this. And some people use that verse as a defense. Well, you must speak in other tongues to be saved. But, but back up. Everyone who believes in him, they're skipping step one. It's unrelated. Beg God for a spiritual gift and put it to work. That is not what saves you. And we're going to get to a verse later in today's message about people casting out demons in the Lord's name and claiming that that's what's the reason they're in heaven. Oh, only believing in him through his name. The verse continues, then Peter asked, can anyone object to these people being baptized? Now, why would he baptize them? Because they believed Can anyone object to them being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. They believed. They received the Spirit. They put their gift into action. But all simply because they believed. Spiritual gifts do not save you. And they should not be the metric that you use to know if you have a relationship with God. If your hope is in the fact that you're doing good works or you're speaking in tongues or you're prophesying or you're casting out demons, your hope is in the wrong place. And demons are happy that you're distracted and not saying believe in the Lord Jesus Alone, that's how you're saved. Okay, well, spiritual gifts are kind of tied into this question of do my good works save me? Well, should I, shouldn't I be doing good? And if I'm a good person, don't I get to go to heaven? No. You can't keep the law and get to heaven. You can't do good works and get to heaven. It's not any action that you're taking. It's not baptism, speaking in tongues, Doing good does not save you. And if you're thinking you're going to heaven because you're a good person, that's the wrong reason. 
Hopefully you're going to heaven because you've surrendered your heart to Lord Jesus and you believe in him. And that's where your confidence lies. So do my good works. Save me, Ephesians chapter 2. Starting off at verse 1. Once you were dead, just like I was dead, right? We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and because of your sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. And all of us used to live that way. I used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger just like everyone else. So the whole world needs to believe in Jesus. It's nothing that someone else can do for you. Then it continues. Even in our sinfulness, God loved us, right? Think of John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. That even when we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. He did this so that he can point to us in all future ages as an example of his incredible grace and kindness as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. Was it take to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. Nothing else. God saved you by his grace when you believed. But it continues. We're talking about good works in this moment, right? And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Okay, does doing good work save me? No. Well, how can I be confident in my answer? Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. God saved you by his grace when you believed. So believe in the Lord, not in your good works. Then there's a verse that kind of gets tied with this. Because last week we talked about how the Bible is in harmony. And if you read the book of James, James is hard into this idea of, hey, your faith should be working. You say you have faith, I need to see it in actions. And then he brings up this verse, James 2.19, after knowing the truth that my good works don't save me. You say you have faith, for you believe, and I'm doing some quotes right here, believe that there is 
one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Okay, so what's the difference in that believe and the believe we're talking about? They believe it in their heart, and they accept him as Lord. This is a head knowledge belief. This is a, yeah, I understand that there's a God. Okay, but did your heart understand that and have anything happen with that? Or is it all just in your head? And you're just like, yep, there's a God. But I don't accept him into my heart. I don't believe it. Do the demons believe it in their heart and call Jesus Lord? No. The verse continues, I didn't put it up there, but he says, what good is it? What good is your faith if you're not using it? None of that saves you, right? Think about what I said earlier. I believe, I'm baptized, I ask for a spiritual gift, and then I get to good works. But I believe in my heart, and I declare him as Lord. Okay, the Bible is in harmony. So you might read this alone and think, wow, I'm getting a little confused. Is it my good works that saves me? We're going to tackle that as we continue. But there's another question. Does some special prayer save me? You know, I've heard like a sinner's prayer before, and I've been at places that have prayers like repeat after me. If you're sitting here saying, yeah, I prayed a prayer. I repeated words, and that's why I'm going to heaven. That's not why you're going to heaven. Repeating words without a heart change is useless and meaningless. Having head knowledge is useless and meaningless. The words that you say don't matter too much. And we're going to see that in Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 verse 9. This is what it takes, okay? If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So I declare him as Lord. That prayer can sound a billion different ways. And sometimes it's not even good words. Sometimes it's just the moaning and the groaning of your heart and you're saying, God... I know I was sinful. I know that I can look around at the world and see your invisible qualities. God, I know you sent your son to take my place because I'm sinful. And I believe that you resurrected him. I believe in him as my Lord and Savior. That was a whole lot of words. It might just be Jesus is Lord. It might be in a different language. It might be an outpour of your heart are the words that you say what saves you. No. Believing in your heart, you are made right with God. 
It's not some special prayer. And if your faith is in some special prayer that you prayed many years ago and not in the work of Jesus Christ, you need to shift it to the work of Jesus Christ. Another question Does my family heritage, does my bloodline, does my physical location save me? Okay, we're going to wrestle with another difficult question in the upcoming weeks of who is God's chosen people. We see over and over in scripture who God's chosen people were and how it shifts and changes over time and what it looks like for people who believe in him. We have Jewish believers in the context of this verse and you have John the Baptist responding to their attitude. And he says this, Matthew chapter 3 verse 9. Don't say to each other, we're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. You remember that song, Father Abraham, many sons? Okay, we're all descendants of Abraham. Is that where your faith is? Is your faith in, in your family history of belief? Don't say to each other, we are safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means Nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Your heritage, your bloodline, your location in the world, your family's faith do not save you. So don't don't think you're safe. You need to believe in the Lord with your heart. And we see this in John chapter 6. And this is a little bit of a longer story, but I wanted to get through all of it to give you confidence in your belief in the Lord. So that's where this verse is headed. But Jesus just performs this miracle. He feeds the 5,000. And then people are kind of following him because they just witnessed this miracle. So they come to him and Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understand the miraculous signs. Do you want to be in heaven because you don't want to be in hell? Or do you believe in the work of Christ? Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's work too. What should we do? This is kind of partnered with that question, do my good works save me? We want to perform God's work, his will. What should we do? I love this answer from Jesus. Jesus told them the only work that God wants from you, the only work that God wants from you, believe in the one he has sent Did that say get baptized? 
Did it say display a spiritual gift? Did it say do good works? No, what is the work that God wants from you before all of that? Believe in the one he sent. Who is the one he sent? Jesus Christ, his son. And the verse continued, because they don't care about Jesus. They care about other nonsense. So they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. And the scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Right? They've already missed a sign to the praise goes. Because all the praise goes to father, not to Moses. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of all those God has given me. It's God's will that you will not be lost. If you place your faith in Jesus, if you believe in your heart that he is Lord, you are saved. You can have confidence in that. You can live free of fear in that truth because the will of God is that I should not lose even one of you, but that I should raise them up on the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And what does it take? Believe in the Son. And I will raise them up on the last day. Why is all this heavy on my heart? This is in Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, right before I get to the next verse. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, you can identify a tree by its fruit. You can identify people by their actions. Do my actions save me? No. 
If I believe in the Lord Jesus with all my heart, should I get to work doing his will? Absolutely. But there are false prophets who will claim you must be baptized. And if you die on the way to baptism and your heart is placed in the Lord Jesus, you are with him for eternity. Should you go get baptized? Yes. What are you waiting for? There are those who say, I got to speak in tongues. I got to display a spiritual fruit. Is that what saves you? No. That is a false teacher, not teaching the harmony of Scripture. And then it kind of continues, and this was the heart of today's message. This is the verse that made me want to address this question. Not everyone who calls out to me, and this is like at death, this is like standing before God. So I'm standing before God, and I'm like arguing with him. Lord, Lord, not everyone who calls out to me will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter heaven. We'll back up a couple of verses. What is the only will and work the Father wants of you? Believe in the one who he sent. So, so what do you got to do? What is the actual will of the Father? Believe in Jesus. On judgment day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But I will look to them and I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Where's their faith placed? Did they respond, Lord, thank you so much for the grace and blood of your son. I believe in him and I'm so happy to be with you. No, it went to their actions, their deeds, what they did. I cast out demons, I performed miracles. Does that save you? No. It's not your good works. It's not a spiritual gift. It's doing the will of the Father. What's the will of the Father? Believe in the one he sent you. He sent Jesus Christ to take your place, right? We're all sinful. We all fall short of the glory of God. But he loves you so much that he took your place. Believe in him. That's it. Then it continues. Because I want you to have confidence in your belief. I don't want you to leave here questioning, man, do I really believe in the Lord? I've done something different. What should I be doing? No, you can have confidence that your belief in the Lord is enough. And that's fully what saves you. This is in Titus chapter 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. And our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But despite all of that, despite the way you used to be or you might still be, 
God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon those through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And it's because of his grace that we have been made right in his sight. And that gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. God showed you his grace and his love. You believe it and you accept it. You can have confidence that you will inherit eternal life. Should you absolutely be baptized? Yes. Should you absolutely ask God for a spiritual gift and put it to work? Yes. Should you be doing good works that God planned for you long ago because he, you are his masterpiece? Yes. Is any of that what should give you confidence that you will inherit eternal life? No. It's by believing in the blood and grace of Jesus Christ that gives you confidence. So when someone asks you that question, hey, how can you be confident? How can you know that you're going to heaven? Because I believe in the Lord Jesus is your answer. Nothing else. Not, yes, I was baptized. Yes, I said a prayer. Yes, I do good works. Yes, I cast out demons. No, none of that. Yes, I believe in the Lord Jesus, so I am confident that I will have eternal life. And then maybe you're sitting here wrestling with this. Well, I, I believed in my heart many years ago, and, and I've been screwing up lately. I, I can say that word, right? Screwing up. Um, I've been messing up lately. I've been being sinful lately. Am I somehow separated from God's love? I've been living in sin for years. Can I have that confidence? Well, here's this verse. And I want you to have confidence. Romans 8, starting off at verse 38. For I am convinced, I am confident, that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. You know, some of us have had loved ones commit suicide. And that's an upcoming question that we're going to be wrestling with next week. Right here, neither death nor life. You're not separated. They are not separated. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears. Are you sitting there being worried about if you're actually saved? No, not even your fears for today or your worries about tomorrow. No, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. There's no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, there is nothing in all creation that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. There's not a thing so you can have confidence because it's been revealed to you in Christ Jesus and you believed. And if you believed, live in that confidence that if you die tonight, you will be in eternity with him in this beautiful place called paradise. So today's life lesson, you know, I know I've, I've probably said it a hundred times. What must I do? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord. Now with all that being said, it was so heavy on my heart to, to encourage you this morning. If you've made that choice or you made that choice in the past, then you should come get baptized. Is baptism what saves you? No. If I believe in the Lord Jesus and I'm saved, should I go immediately be baptized? Yes. Even if I believed in the Lord 10 years ago, come on, you just get it together. Come and get baptized. Okay, why do I see that? Well, let's go back to those beginning verses in Acts. Right? What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. They all believed in God and they were immediately baptized. Immediately. Now there's not some special prayer. There's not some special words. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say some kind of words. And if you want to repeat them, you can repeat them. If you want to say whatever's pulled on your heart, say that. If you just want to say, God, you know my heart, read my heart, then do that. But the baptism is ready. I've got to change the clothes for you. I've got towels for you. You should not have an excuse. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, then you should be immediately baptized. So we're going to pray together, and I pray that if you're standing here, and if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus, you would give your heart to him, and then come and be baptized. And if you believe in the Lord, and you've been putting this off for some silly reason, then come and be baptized. Because this is the first step in your walk with God. You don't have to meet any special requirements. You gave your life to the Lord, so come and be baptized. Ask God for your spiritual gift. Get to work doing good works. Did any of that save me? No. I believe in Him and that saved me. Don't let anything stop you from believing in the Lord this morning. And after you believe in the Lord with your heart, Come and get baptized. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite the band up. And as we're singing that closing song, I'm just right here on the front row. Just come tap my shoulder. Come talk to me. We'll go get changed. We'll go up to the baptismal. And we'll follow the words of Scripture immediately baptized. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you so much for this truth that all I have to do is believe in you. God, I'm a sinner. I know that I've fallen short of your glorious standard. 
And I know that you sent your son to die on the cross in my place, God. And I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe in Jesus Christ, your son, and I declare him as my Lord. And my faith is only in that, nothing else, God. Please come into my heart, transform it, and save me to have eternal life with you through the work of your son and nothing else, God. And if there's anyone here struggling with this, God, pull on their hearts. Call them to your water. Help them to feel your presence this morning, God. It's in your holy and most precious name we pray. Everyone said.